0: Welcome back to another episode of Free Basketball. I am your host, Ryan Meadows, and I am joined as always by one Mr. Daniel Greer. How are you, sir?
1: What up, what up, what up? I'm good. I am 66 feet deep for the win, like John Rahm.
0: No idea what that meant, but I guess it sounds good. The other host, Cody, tell us honestly how you feeling today. Do you want
2: the honest answer?
0: Yeah, I'll take the honest answer.
2: Uh, I, I was taking a. Sh- <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you and George Hill have something it's, in common. Before a before podcast, every podcast. That's why we couldn't start on time.
2: Yep, that's why <laughs> I wasn't out here at the beginning. Well,
0: it's nice to have everyone back on board. We are going to be talking about obviously something pretty wild happened last week with the NBA taking a two-day boycott we will talk a little bit about that the bulk of our time is going to be spent however talking about the NBA playoffs especially the second round now I know that there are still two series that are up for grabs but I think we're going to try to look forward do some predictions on the two that are still playing and just look forward to the second round. So we'll get some predictions on that and it's gonna be a lot of fun, so let's get to it. All right, so quickly, with the NBA boycott that happened Wednesday, the Bucks and the Magic were set to play game, what, five? Is that what that was? And yes, yes. obviously the Bucks decided pregame in the locker room after another uh, police shooting that they decided they wanted to boycott their game. So uh, they did not show up on the floor. Orlando Magic had no idea. They got wind of what was going on. They walked off the court and then the rest of the games that day after they were kind of finding out, everyone didn't play that day and the following day so it was kind of a weird first couple hours right because we were trying to figure out what was going on um daniel did you kind of get wind of it were you actually about to watch the game and didn't see him on the court or what did you find out through twitter like how did you kind of yeah. find out about this
1: yeah, so mine was mainly through Twitter. Um, I can't remember who came out first. It was like uh, there's rumblings that this these games might not happen. And this right. was – I, I might have been before uh, warm-ups or, you know, I, I know Orlando was on the court at some point, but it was early on. Like, I want to say the tip was around noonish. It was at least an hour or two before that there were rumblings that they were not coming out. And I was like, wow, this, is, this might be a big deal. And so – uh, one, I first thought that uh, that's crazy. Take your stand, too. I was like, this this could end playoff basketball. So it was, you know, I was I was tied I mean, both ends. I was like, all right, I I want basketball, but I understand what they're doing. But um, it was definitely crazy, and I, I could see um, that it was going to take place. And then after that, it was nonstop chaos from then of what was going to ha- happen to this NBA season.
0: Yeah, that was my first reaction when I saw they weren't going to play. And the reason why, I thought it was over. Yeah. Like, this is the second time this has happened. Or at least the second time they were thinking about not playing. And they actually didn't show up. And then all the teams didn't play. And they are going to have this big meeting. Like, we're in, you know, a text thread. And I told y'all, I thought it was done. Like, I didn't think there was any way they were coming back from it. I mean, Cody, you always kind of seemed like the one in our group who was like, no, it's coming back. Like, what kind of gave you that sense where you felt like it was not going to end, like it was going to come back? Well,
2: a big thing that, like, stuck out to me about it was if, like, they didn't play the games, so they drew attention to what they wanted to draw attention to. But if they just quit playing basketball... You have football and, like, all this stuff right around the corner, too. So, like, it would take the focus off of, like, the NBA, especially if they're not playing. So, I think that just, like, knowing that, like, they'd completely lose their platform and, like, they'd all... It just be basically tweets right? is all they would be able to really, you know, do. While they're playing basketball, they do have, like, more of a staying power in people's minds and stuff like that. So, I just, you know, kind of figured, like, from that aspect and then ultimately... I mean, kind of from just, like, a business side of things, like, the fact that the CBA can just be terminated, I think, at this point, because of, like, the pandemic and whatever, like, that was another thing that I think, like, on the front end, like, they boycotted the games, they're getting the attention on, you know, the issues that they want the attention on, but at the end of the day, like, there are, those guys do have jobs and things that, you know, some of those players don't necessarily have, like, those Supermax contracts and can't afford, you know, to not work. Uh, right. It's not. It's not. You know, the same as it is in like the NFL. But like, there are some guys in the NBA who probably actually do live closer to paycheck to paycheck than you would think. Um, yeah. So it's so.
0: just I, they brought light. So let's get to the actual meeting because it apparently involved every single player that was in the bubble, every team. And of course, we you get all these wild stories from people that you just. You're not sure what's entirely true, like the Patrick Beverly thing talking over, you know. That was Joe my Roberts. favorite thing that I, <laughs> but that, that I read. But then players come to his defense saying that that's not true. It never happened. So it's kind of hard to discern what happened. Um, the kind of thing that seemed to be the most common thing is that Chris Paul and Andrea Godala were apparently kind of the leaders of this, right? They were able to unify everyone together. Whatever it was said, they kind of laid out the points of repercussions of either not playing or or repercussions of playing, and ultimately they decided that it would be better for them to play because it did keep that platform in the forefront of their mind. And Daniel, I mean, God forbid that this happens again. Hmm. Do you think there is a possibility, if this happens again, God forbid, hope it does not happen, is this – it feels like the NBA and the players are teetering, right? Because everyone's starting to get – especially if Paul George has come out saying that this is difficult, it's hard on them mentally, it's hard on a lot of the guys. I mean, teams that have left the bubble since they've been bounced – when they get back to their families, you can just, when they're doing the videos, you see a huge sigh of relief. They're like, oh, thank God. Yeah. So is if, God forbid, this happens again, is that going to be the end of the NBA for the season? Or do you think they're just going to keep Ooh. pushing through?
1: You know, it, it's so hard to say because uh, somebody would have speculated prior Saying if it happened again, it would probably be the end of it. Um, so it's hard to say that. I, I so both your points for it to be, it's going to be very hard to say that. Yes, it'd be the you know tipping point to where this would completely end. Um, it very well could be because these guys in the African American community have completely just had enough. Right. Right. The world, the country has had enough. Right. Like it's like we're kind of over it at this point. At this point it's just kind of like, all right, that's just it's just too much. It's ridiculous. Let's end it and let's make a stand. And some people who would probably never have stood up for this are actually taking a stand as well because it's just enough is enough. I understand that point. Uh so I can't speak on it because I think it if it did happen again, then I think it'd be, you know, case by case. Uh but it definitely very well could end this season easily. Uh like you said it's at a tipping point. But the other one the families, as of hearing this podcast, families are going to be out of quarantine, I'm pretty sure, starting Monday, uh, the 31st of August. Is, isn't that correct? Yes. Is that okay? So, families will be able to reunite. So, I think that will be kind of a blessing in disguise, maybe to get their minds off of it. They've had enough dude time fun time with your team. (laughs) So as in Paul George, I don't know his family situation. I don't know who's coming who's not, whatever. But for a lot of these players, they get to reunite with their family, their kids, um, a lot of important people in their lives to kind of ground them and get them back to, uh, to square one. So, um, I think that will help in the end. And, uh, I think that that will be something that you'll see. And you might actually see some players play better because of it, because it'll be kind of more familiar to how they live.
0: Now, Cody, before we move on, I just want to well, I guess I guess I want to get both of your opinions on this the n b a has always we've talked about before like structured themselves as being like the number one franchise you think or number one sports league you think of in um like social awareness and yes. Yeah you know the like most progressive sports league progressive sure. movement sports league i thought i mean what i was impressed most by the nba i know everyone i i understand argumentation everyone's going to have be able to flip it to what their you know personal agenda is and i understand it that. that's just argumentation we understand argumentation we argument we argue all the time on this podcast about stuff what i was proud about for the nba was the meeting that the players had seemed to be a very contentious, very upset meeting with players walking out, most notably named was LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Both the Clippers and the Lakers voted to end the season. But instead of just making a unilateral decision and being done, the guys actually took the night, sought counsel from people who have been in this arena, most notably, you know, LeBron apparently talked to Barack Obama and they let it rest for the night and then came back the next day with cooler heads and made this decision I thought it it was a very proud I was very proud to be an NBA fan at that moment because it was very easy a lot of people just have that gut you know knee jerk reaction to where like I even did it when it happened NBA's done you know it's not coming back but the players were actually to come together, they argued and fought about it, let it sit over the night, thought about it more, came back to the table, and were able to get over this and push forward with playing. I mean, have you been, both for both of you guys, I don't know who wants to go first, but have y'all been more proud to be a basketball fan? Or was it just kind of like, well, this is kind of typical, like this is what they do kind of thing?
2: I mean... I would like to say that I never lost a faith and I never <laughs> wavered in thinking that they were going to stop playing. Uh, you know, I, I did not say the season was over. I was like saying that I would be sad if it was and like, I could see it slipping away, but I also like, I was like, there's no way that they're just going to be like, yeah, we, we quit. We're halfway through the playoffs over. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean I am proud to be an NBA fan. I always I always am like, yeah, the NBA kinda gets a lot of the stuff right, so
0: So Daniel, you yeah. were happy with the way the players handled it? Because it doesn't seem like, you know, they had a lot of like Adam Silver and them, Mark Tatum, they're not in the bubble. It was the right. players who decided this. I yeah. mean,
1: Yeah, I I agree, and I I know we spoke um, throughout all this, and the knee-jerk reaction, um, as everybody's talked about, was mine was I was scared that it would uh, just because I felt like LeBron did have the ability to make a decision and kind of everybody kind of get behind him. But I also thought there was a lot around this that, there is no way that they were going to allow this. Um, I was afraid at first that there would be some kind of a knee jerk reaction, but I think I even said what they need to do is instead of uh, put a timeline out that they're going to suspend games for a few days. That way clear minds can kind of think, uh, and you can kind of just kind of think around the situation of what is actually going on because in the end, this is a business decision. And I know that some people don't want to think of it like that, but as as Cody said earlier, the CBA. There's money rights. There's there's contracts. There's people's livelihoods, families that need this money to eat. Uh, not everybody is LeBron or you know James Harden or Chris Ball with those contracts. Some of these I mean, guys are actually.
0: Yeah, they could have so, set the salary cap back ten yes. years.
1: Yeah. So I'm glad they did make a very very mature. Business decision, and I think that even though how much I hate Chris Paul and Andre Iguodala, I think they actually are very good for this league and for the players. So you hate uh, Chris Paul? I I not a I'm I'm a Grizzly fan. I don't like the floppers back in the day, so I still don't like Chris Paul. I think he still flops. <laughs> anyway, that's another. What I'm saying is, in the end, these guys actually made adult decisions. And a very, very tough decision because you're talking about somebody, how they were brought up and who they are uh, dealing with the African-American community and honestly being scared of the police and being scared for their lives. And so they were trying to make a stand. And in the end, the best decision is, is to keep the platform, keep the cameras on you on a consistent basis so your voice can be heard. And so I'm glad that those guys made a good adult decision and said, you know what? We are going to make a stand and they will continue to do a stand uh, from here on out. And I think because of the platform they have, they'll make a bigger difference than they could have at home.
0: I agree. Proud to be an NBA fan. Let's get into the actual series here. Now As of tonight, we know that Denver-Utah is going to Game 7. It's tied 3-3. I think we called that before in our uh, first-round predictions that this is going to be a weird series, probably going 6. And it's just a slugfest. I think Jamal Murray had like 44 tonight. Like, it's just a crazy game. Um, The Clippers were able to close out the Mavericks, so they advanced. The Lakers closed out the Blazers. We've already had game one of the Boston Celtics-Toronto Raptors series. So I just want to start with that one first. We'll just do the East, and then we'll kind of conjecture on the West a little bit. Boston went up 1-0 on the Raptors. The Raptors had just a horrific shooting night. And I was actually kind of impressed that they only lost by like 20 or 25, because usually when you shoot 30% from the field and like... 20% from three, you lose by 40 or 50. And they were able to stay in it with their defense. Um, I thought the Celtics were always kind of frisky in this series. I like them to beat the Raptors. I know, Cody, I believe you said chalk. I can't remember what you said, Daniel, on this Uh, one. Raptors, yeah. Raptors. Um, The teams that win game one, I think the percentage last time I looked at it was like they win 64% of the time. They usually win the series 64% of the time. So, a little bit of advantage, but there's also no home court. Is this going to be a phenomenal seven-game series, or do you think this is a short series? Or, Daniel, what's your general, are you still for the Raptors, even after the Celtics beat them up game one?
1: Yes. So if you look at the box score, um, and I just did, and I watched that game. Um, I had it on. I never really paid attention to it once the f- first quarter kind of got out of hand. Right. Uh, but if you look at the box score, um, honest to God, the every quarter, second, third, and fourth quarter, we're all within three points. So usually what that means is that's kind of how the series is going to go. They came, Boston came out hot, uh, and the Raptors did not at all. So usually you kind of just write that off and look at the rest of the game and how it played out and the Raptors stayed in and I think you even made a tweet about it at some point today that um, if if you wasn't you somebody else said they should have got blown out and for some odd reason they stayed within the 20 points or less their entire entire day. So that just right. means that I think that the rest of the series will go very tight and that if you know if you're shooting great and the other team is shooting terrible that's just how it's going to be. Um, right. You're just going to better win a game like that. Uh, but these two teams are very good defensively. I think the Raptors can still pull this one out.
0: Now, I know the Raptors like to run a bunch of different defenses. It can seem kind of gimmicky to people, but they're very effective. They use a the zone very, very well. I think the Celtics struggled with it today. The big issue for me is... Pascal Siakam, right? Like, he Mm -hmm. was really bad today. Now, he also had these problems last playoffs last year. Now it's kind of all on him. Like, he can't have a game where he doesn't show up, right? Right. So, Cody, if you're putting all your faith in Pascal Siakam to push yourself to a conference finals... I mean, do you think the Raptors have a chance to do it with him as their lead guy, or is it going to be more of a whole team contribution?
2: Well, I mean, you definitely need the whole team to contribute, but um, I would definitely say I guess
0: the better question is, better phrase question is, is Siakam that guy? Like, are we going to find out this? Go ahead. Sorry.
2: I think the best player on the Raptors is probably Kyle Lowry. Okay. Like, just like the guy that is like the leader and like the like number one guy on the team is probably him. Hmm. I mean, Pascal Siakam is probably like their best offensive talent. But if you're asking me who like just is like the the thing that gets like runs that team, it's Kyle Lowry.
0: Really, Dana? Wow. Would you agree I, with that? I, I
1: can Yeah, I completely disagree. I think. I think uh, Kyle Lowry is the um, is the girlfriend that you or the girl that you always hang around because she's she's consistent and she's never gonna wow you, but she's consistent. But you know what? She's the girl you bring home to mom because she's the nice one and you know seems to be okay. That's what Kyle Lowry is to me.
2: Yeah, your girlfriend is the alpha dog on the Raptors.
1: No, that is that is (laughs) I disagree because the alpha dog is the girl that you don't want to bring home to mom because she's a little crazy, <laughs> and she kind of takes over a little too much. So my thinking is that you probably have, I'd almost do a toss-up, Fred Van Vliet
0: mm. and Pascal
1: Siakam, because okay. those two guys can win you the game. Kyle Lowry right. cannot win you the game. I think he keeps you in the game, but he can't win you
0: the game. So Kyle Lowry kind of does the stuff that helps you stay in the game. Yeah, he well, could. I, he I, said that, I said all that. I
2: said all that to say it. this. No, what? I think that the <laughs> Celtics are going to win.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So wow. you think the Celtics win now? We got a. Yeah, flip, well, think about the matchup.
2: You flop. just asked about Pascal Siakam flip. disappearing. Flip, Who flip, do flop. the Celtics have? They flip, have flip, flip, Jalen Brown,
0: Jason, and Tatum, they have Kimba. Jason
2: Tatum, and Kemba. Yeah, so like the so they're throwing like Siakam's having a deal with Jalen Brown. Guarding him from time to time,
1: Flip, um,
2: Jason Tatum while he on defense from time to time, just you know, different things like that. They're gonna wear it a man of you know his that his position is the one that is like he's the guy that's got to deal with the most issues offensively. and Their biggest problems offensively and defensively.
0: Wow. Mm. So you like but, the Celtics now? I actually like that. I think the Celtics. I, I think it's going six or have, seven, definitely. I, I think would, it'll be I, a long series,
2: but I think the Celtics have more ammunition. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that wow. makes sense.
0: They hmm. have more pieces, and without Gordon Hayward, right? And that's a pretty wow. big yeah, deal. Yeah, they don't need him. They make the they made the
2: conference finals without Gordon Hayward and without Kyrie one year. So I mean,
1: huh?
0: So well, Cody, you think Celtics in seven? Yep. I'm going to go with that, too. Daniel, what do you have Get Raptors here.
2: in? I'll even say Celtics in seven or less.
1: Raptors no. in seven, and I'm going to die on this hill by God. September 27th, <laughs> 2019, I, on this podcast, the Free Basketball Summer Preview Edition, I chose the Toronto Raptors be a top four team in the East, and they are. And I said they would go to the finals in the East, and they will. So go back, listen to it. You'll hear that I speak the truth all the way back in September before we even knew about the
0: quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel called this pre-coronavirus. Yeah, way back. King. Now let's talk yeah. about the Miami was that, Heat. 10 years ago? <laughs> it feels like it, doesn't it? God, I yeah. don't know. Let's talk about the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know when this will come out. They may have already played, but they play Monday. Uh, season series for this one, the Heat won the season series 2-1. to one. But here's a little caveat. Their one loss to the Bucks was actually in the bubble restart, and I believe it was without Jimmy Butler. The other two games, one was in October. The other one was pretty recent in March. The one in October went to overtime, 131-126. to 126. The Heat won that one. Jimmy Butler did not play. Giannis and Chris Middleton did. The second game in March, the Heat won 105-89. to 89. The Bucks were at full strength, too. And I believe the Heat were at full strength as well. And Chris Middleton and Giannis just had horrendous shooting games. So, if you take back this bubble restart... The heat are essentially 2 and 0 on the season on the Bucks. One away and one at home. Now we know there's no home court advantage again. A lot of people are on the heat as a team that are the upset bid on the Bucks. And I would say that is exclusively because the Bucks have not looked great. They have they did not I know they beat the Magic 4 to 1. But in a lot of those games, if you watched them, which I did out of just loyalty to basketball, not because I enjoyed myself, okay? It was a guilty pleasure because I couldn't help myself. (laughs) And the Bucks would build large leads, 15 to 20 point leads regularly, three or four times a game at minimum on the Magic throughout the game. The Magic always would make a run and come back on them. I think that's why people are talking about the Heat as an upset bid because the Heat are a better team than the Magic. They can spread them out, just like the Magic tried to do, and attack them. And I think the Heat know the recipe for how to stop Giannis and the Bucks and all the perimeter scoring. Cody, do you think the Heat are a realistic upset team to knock out the Bucks?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: do.
0: so detailed don't I be do. excited about it at all or I conviction mean, I'm, not, like,
2: I'm not excited about it i want the bucks i want the bucks to do something good i want the bucks to make it to the finals like i want to see Giannis versus lebron but i just i think the Heat. i don't know man I, i'm going back and forth on this while i'm even talking about it mm. i can't make up my mind i, I like
0: yeah LeBron what does your won't gut say i get it what does your gut say
2: my gut says Daniel needs to shut his mouth. <laughs> my my basketball gut says that it's that just not to just like the Bucks take the Bucks because <laughs> okay. ultimately they have the best player in the series. I mean you can make a you can make a case for Duncan Robinson, but I really think it's Giannis in this case. <laughs> um, so no, I ti- just, no, I have, <laughs> no no Tyler hero love. No no Tyler hero love i'll dunk it um yeah the uh the miami heat are probably not going to win this series i wouldn't think because you know the sample size that we have of neutral courts says that it should be the says that it's the bucks
0: without jimmy
2: well they the if well if we're going to take the one game that jimmy butler didn't play against the bucks into consideration then where they won then we also have to take into the one into consideration the one where he did not correct fair i mean we don't have to take them all into consideration they're played under all different circumstances
0: daniel what do you think about it
1: i think this is a six game series goes to the bucks i think the heat i've said it over and over again i think the heat are very overrated uh now i will give a caveat just by looking at these two teams the milwaukee plays the the bud type of uh defense where you kind of pack the paint and right. so you are a very good defensive team within the paint, so you try to limit your scoring, your drives, your dribble drives. Um, to which but,
0: known, but known to give up the coveted corner ex- three.
1: Exactly. So with that being said, there will be games, and there will be stretches within each game, whether it's a win or loss, that Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, the three amigos that are both, all young uh Sharpshooters from the outside for Miami, they are going to get hot at at periodically throughout this series. Um, And I think because they lay off of them a little bit um, as the uh, three three point, you know, the, the three point line, the bucks do. So um, I think that there will be kind of, Back and forth, but in the end, I think Giannis is unguardable off of anybody that that Miami has on their team. Even Jimmy Butler is, cannot guard Giannis, and so right. I think you I think you see him kind of take over, and I think they take these games a little bit more serious than they did against Orlando because I don't think they actually took them too serious, and I think you're going to see Giannis take over early in Game One, and I think that's how the series goes.
2: Also, just to like, I just want to give some context to the games they lost to the Heat. The first game that they lost to the Heat was the second game of the season. The which was the overtime game. The second game they lost to the Heat was on the was on the second night of a back to back on a road trip.
0: Hmm. Good context for sure, because I agree with both of you. I think the Bucks win this series. I think there is an obvious plan of attack from teams against the Bucks. Like they've been basically the same team for three or four years now. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe some little pieces like no Brogdon or whatever, but the key components have been this, the key components have been the same essentially. And we know that after a while, being the same team forever together for a long period of time, teams just figure out how to attack you and also defend you. The problem is, do you have the personnel to actually execute it four times right. in seven games? And the Magic tried it. They were able to stretch out Brook Lopez, and Vucevic was able to knock down threes. Yep. The problem with the Heat, yes, the Heat have more perimeter shooters than what the Orlando Magic have and more Deadeye three-point shooting. The problem is there are a couple rookies, you know uh, – a previous yeah. D3 guy who turned into the best shooter in the league in a span of six months. And unfortunately, Bam Adebayo, who we love, is not going to be able to stretch the floor like Vucevic no. could. No. So that game that the Magic actually won, Vucevic went crazy from three. He had like yep. thirty 36 points or something like that. Bam is not a three-point shooter. Yep. So there goes that advantage. And neither now, is Jimmy. Neither is Jimmy. Now, Jimmy, uh, look, I said before, playoff Jimmy Butler is a different animal. Like he's just I, a different player from playoffs. Yeah. Like it's like Rajon Rondo a little bit now. Like he kind of sandbags in the in a regular season, and then playoffs he rears it, he revs it up. Yeah. So. Like national all- TV, LeBron. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's going to be an interesting series. I would not be surprised if the Heat won Game One. I just hmm. wouldn't. Um, but I also think the four-game sweep of the Pacers was a little bit of a fluke. Yeah, and I'm with this. I'm with you guys. I think this is done in six, and I think the Bucks are definitely going to win this series and go to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I am yep. all agreement with you guys. We are actually in unison for once on this podcast. First time, we time should, ever. <laughs> we should just end the podcast here because it'll never happen again. True. Uh, but lose. Let's move to the West. The Clippers closed out the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Holy Luca, what a come up on the scene like Luka Doncic did. Yeah. We knew he was really good, right? But right. to go against in really? your first playoff without, you know, Porzingis for a couple of these games and the average of 30 point triple double almost is crazy. I think Pretty he impressive. And I think he ends up with final stats of like 30 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, or 8 assists or something like that. It's pretty, wow. pretty solid. So immediately comes on the scene as the guy for the next ten years, right? Yeah. Besides for sure. Besides Giannis. You know, like he's yeah. the biggest takeaway from this bubble in playoffs so far. But, but Clippers prevailed.
2: Stole all of Shea, Gilgis's shine.
0: Nuggets and Utah are going to a game seven, so we don't know who they'll be matched up with. Regardless of who they're matched up with, Denver or Utah. Is there any disagreement that the Clippers are in trouble against either of these teams? No. No. How easy of a series do you think it will be for each?
1: i I think that um, I think the Clippers um, are going to get a team that's going to have used all of its bullets, and they're going to be dead tired coming into their series. So I think that. They will win a game at least. Uh, I wouldn't doubt they they would win two games. It might go to six, but um, I say it's definitely not a sweet, but probably a five, maybe six game series for the Clippers.
0: See, that's funny because I actually thought that against the Jazz, it might be a little bit of a tougher series because the Jazz, you know, kind of match up better than what the Nuggets would in the Mm. regular season. The Jazz won the regular season series two to one but all the games were before January. (laughs) So how can we really take those in account? Because we had a lot of injuries with the Clippers. I don't know if the Clippers even played at full strength in one of these games. I think they did, but I'm not for sure. Uh, The one game, the Clippers won against the jazz. They didn't have Paul George, but I think the Utah was missing. So it's just, it was a weird thing. I don't think you can take anything from the actual regular season series. But just my gut tells me against the Jazz, I think the Clippers win, but it's so Donovan Mitchell heavy as we've seen right. from this Denver series. Yep. I don't see like against the Nuggets, I think the Clippers sweep the Nuggets. Wow. In the Jazz, in the Jazz, I think they beat them in 5, potentially sweep them too. I don't think yeah. either team really puts up much of a fight. Do you Cody? Yeah.
2: No, I think, the, I think the Clippers are going to take care of
0: business. So you think it's going to be pretty easy. Paul George, pandemic P, is going to get over this a little bit. He got over the hump of the terrible first-round series, able I, to survive I, against the pesky Mavericks.
1: I think you're going to see a coming-out series for uh, Paul George because I think that they're going to put him in position to kind of make shots and kind of get himself back to the... Uh, whoever he is. I don't know if it's regular season P or pandemic P or playoff (laughs) P. I just need him to be whoever he needs to be, whoever that is. (laughs) Good series P.
0: Good series P is what you need, right? Yeah. Something. (laughs) Or George Hill says it's a (laughs) pregame P. Getting to the Lakers series. Now, probably by the time this airs, we either have a game seven, or we know it's the Rockets. If we had to choose between the two, do we think the Thunder are going to be able to push us to a seven-game series? Anybody? Wow. No. Cody? No. I don't think so either. I think the Rockets are actually... They've gotten run off
2: the floor in, like, the last two games.
0: I I think the Rockets are going to win this. So... I, as much as I want the Thunder to advance because I really like the team, the guy I thought that would have a coming out party has just not done that, right? Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah. When he's been good, the Thunder have won. But he's also had help from his two other guards, Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. When he's been bad, they've had no chance. They've gotten blown out. Right. So I don't know if I can if I'll see it from SGA for two straight games. Maybe they can do it for game six and he forces a seven, but I think ultimately the Rockets will advance, setting up the upset that I am all here for. Woo! Cody, you have been from the beginning on the Lakers winning the finals. Rockets are in here. If they play small ball, they play weird. They're getting Russell Westbrook back. Hopefully, he's at full strength. Any chance the Rockets have at making this a either long series with the Lakers or actually even putting up a fight against them? I think
2: it'll go six, but I think the Lakers will win the series.
0: So you think the Lakers will win in six? Indeed. And I stand not- by
2: what I said at the beginning of the year. I'm saying it now again. Lakers are taking this thing home.
0: What is the biggest thing the Lakers would have to do to win this series?
2: Play better basketball than the Rockets. Like, not just let them <laughs> shoot threes.
0: So guard the perimeter.
2: Yeah, I would say guard the perimeter.
0: Okay, so is there an issue with them starting Javale McGee and Anthony Davis?
2: Oh yeah, you'll have um, to go small. Yeah. Like this is the se- like this is the series where if you're LeBron James or Frank Vogel or I don't know who calls the shots around there. Genie, <laughs> um, if you're that person, you have to look at you have to look at Anthony Davis, and you have to say, "Hey, I know you're not a center. We know that you never played center a day in your life. But for the next possibly seven games, we need you to f- play center." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you think they go more small ball? I think they have to. Starting lineup wise, Daniel, if they go small to match the Rockets, well, I guess first off. Do you think if they go small, is that a mistake? Should they stay no. big and use that to their advantage or actually match the Rockets no, and get out I, of their rhythm, their typical rhythm? Yeah, so rhythm?
1: I think you go ahead and go small with them because uh, realistically, you're trading a perimeter defender who can guard against somebody like Alex Caruso or anybody, Dion Waiters or Jared Smith, that comes off the bench or is your fifth starter for the Lakers. Uh, um, sorry, Yes. I'm th- I'm talking about the wrong team. What? Yeah, I'm completely talking about the wrong team. What <laughs> you're what? gonna you're gonna use uh, one of those guys. I meant you're gonna use one of those guys to guard against one of Houston's shooters. I was thinking of the exact same I was using the guys off the same team to guard against. I guess each other. the Lakers
2: need a teammate to guard some, <laughs> to guard one of their own. They just called J.R. Smith. Yeah, you're talking like, about hey, practice? That's, that's, you got that's you my got Caruso. I'm talking
1: about practice? Uh practice? no, so what so you end up doing, LeBron. you do put AD at the five, but realistically, is it the five when you're playing the Rockets? It's what who's he going to guard? PJ Tucker. It,
2: it, it should be on offense.
1: I'm obviously, and that's my key to the to the matchup is you have to get AD going, whether it's the short jumper that he likes to shoot, whether it's on the post. This is not the typical center game and why AD doesn't want to be a center because you have to bang down low. When it's when you're the center against the Rockets, you're realistically just guarding the short corner, which is P.J. Tucker, helping on defense a lot, and you really get to do whatever you want as the best player on the court for this series because he is going to be by far the best player because he's going to be have the advantage at his position no matter whoever guards him. So I think AD is the key to victory for them. If he takes over, this series could get pretty lopsided. Um, but I think Houston shoots fireballs like they have, and I think that they're they're going to keep it a series. It's going to go at least six.
0: Mm, at six, because that was kind of my next question. Um, who in the world on the Rockets matches up with AD at all? Russell and Westbrook. Now, <laughs> now, in the regular season, in the matchup, they went 2-1. One. one of them was one of these bubble games where LeBron didn't play, but Westbrook also wasn't playing. So it was really 1-1, to if we're being honest. First game, Lakers won, was in January, 124-115. Second game was just a couple weeks later in February, right before all this went down, and the Rockets won by 10. Both teams were at full strength. But Russell Westbrook went absolutely off in that second game. They won 121 to 111. I think he had 40-something in that game and Harden only had like 18. So is it just the rocket strategy of go ahead, beat us to death in the paint if you want to. We'll let you out-rebound us by 20 to 25 rebounds. We don't care. Right. You have to turn around and guard all five of our perimeter players. Correct. Is there anything at all in your body that tells you the Rockets could they do this? Is yes. this possible?
1: Yes. Easily.
2: Yeah, it's possible. I just don't think it'll happen.
0: So
1: I think what the Rockets try to do is say, hey, we know that we cannot guard them. We're just going to try to be pesky and make their lives a little bit harder. And so you try not to let these role players kind of go off. But if. LeBron and AD both hit 40. That's only 80. And if you can get up and score 125 points, that's going to be tough for the rest of their team who isn't that great surrounding these two superstars. It will be tough to make up that difference. And so I think that's what you see them try to hit that 125 mark every single game. And I think that the defense on this team, I think you might see them go to a lot of zone. So they kind of show them different looks, not because it could stop them, but it could confuse them here and there. And I think that you change defenses because you know they can score on you. If LeBron takes over, he takes over. If you're playing pick and roll basketball, or you do, you know, if he if he if LeBron wants to drive, he's going to drive. If 80 wants to post you up, he's going to post you up. They're going to do and they can do because they're two of the top five players in the league. But I think you just try to make them kind of get annoyed by you. And I think that's what happens.
0: I I agree. This is a big series for Lakers if they have discipline, right? Yes. Especially yes. their two top stars. Yep. If you can scheme enough, like I think you're right, the Rockets are going to throw a lot of different looks, a lot of recovery help, uh, switch exchanges, you know, closeouts. Um, if you can convince AD to, to get tired and annoyed, with backing down and getting second-chance points and put-back ducks and alley-oops and force him to think he's better at shooting that 16-foot two-point shot that he loves to take, I think the Rockets could win this series. I think they could, too. And if you can kind of... Now, LeBron is just you know out of this world with the way he thinks basketball, right? This is kind of the issue I've had with the Lakers all along is... LeBron is just so cerebral. He's going to get pissed off at AD if he does this. If he decides, uh, I'm going to start shooting this 18-footer instead of, let me just back down PJ Tucker two dribbles and just dog on him. <laughs> like, okay,
2: so can I'm going to set the line at one, ha- at one half. How many times do you think you can see LeBron, uh, you can read his lips, Yelling at Anthony Davis in this series, where he's saying "back his ass down."
0: Over. Wow. I think he will say more at least than more. one time.
2: You'll see it on. You'll see it on the on TV as they're going to timeout.
0: If this yeah. gets into like game three or four, and the Rockets are up two to one, you better believe that LeBron yeah. is going to dig into AD if he does yeah. not if he falls in love with the jumper instead of dominating at the rim. Yeah. It's kind of what flipped the one, Trailblazer I... series, right? AD dominated at the rim, and in turn, it gave him the open jumper. The yeah. Rockets are going to let him live with that open jumper and try to prevent him from getting to the rim. So I think the Rockets have enough shooting. To me, for the Rockets, it's not Russell Westbrook or James Harden. It's can Jeff Green still do right. what he did in the Thunder series? Macklemore. And will they get Will they get good Eric Gordon? Yeah. If Eric Gordon is good and on fire in this series, I think the Rockets win. And yeah. I could see the Rockets, I think this will go seven. And if I had to put actual money on banking on Eric Gordon having a good series, then absolutely I'm not doing it. But since there's his fake money, I'm going to push <laughs> all in on Eric Gordon coming out of his, it seems like a year funk, sets the world on fire. I think the Rockets beat the Lakers in seven. Wow. Hot take. Hit me up. Three <laughs> well, basketball, while three.
2: While you're saying <laughs> ridiculous things, Tag I'll me. also remind you Tag that me. the Rockets, all, the Rockets me. have to beat the – the Rockets have to beat the Thunder before they can even get to, before they can even start to think about the Lakers. So.
0: That's the only problem. We don't know the outcome of that one by the time this comes out. You know, right. I mean, it's going to be Rockets looking, Lakers, but I mean, I don't look like I don't mind looking like an idiot. I also thought that Clay Thompson would come back earlier in the Warriors. You know, would have this magical restart this season. So, yeah, I've already embarrassed myself so, enough in the 2019 2020 season. <laughs> Why not a little bit of redemption? With the Rockets upset. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So that would set us up. Let's say if it's, we think Bucks, and we'll go with the majority on the Celtics one. Bucks, Celtics, Lakers, Clippers. It's what the NBA wants, right? Lakers, Clippers. If anything yeah. else happens in the playoffs, the NBA will be happy if it gets Lakers, Clippers, right?
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. And then it'll be even happier if it gets Lakers, Celtics.
0: Mm, wouldn't that be the wow. nba's dream i don't think adam silver would ever like leave the bubble we would always be doing <laughs> bubble if that were the case um uh, anything else to talk about before we go i feel like we talked a long time about matchups i don't know if people have already gone to bed or turned <laughs> off after 30 minutes in because the rockets lost the series by the time this post i don't know uh any anything to plug daniel
1: no, nothing really. Uh, just follow us. Uh, we are uh, teaming up with The Lead uh, Sports Media, so uh, kind of follow them over there. Uh, you can find our stuff on there, um, on that page, theleadsportsmedia.com. Uh, you can find me. I'm at Daniel Greer. Uh, nothing big these days, uh, but um, some good things coming down the works. So uh, some cool things. I have 20 extra days off work, and there's only 60 days left until they expire so i'm about to take some vacation (laughs) i just realized it this week (laughs)
2: so you
1: might not see you're working
2: one out of every three days
1: (laughs) well if you look at the week it's only five days a week so it's only 20 days a month so realistically i have 20 days to take off there's only 40 possible so I'm probably oh, wow. just gonna take wow!
2: You're working fifty percent of the next two months. That's so, awesome. Yeah.
1: Yep. So that's uh I just learned that this weekend and talking to my wife, and I was like, Well, looks like I'm gonna be taking off some time to play golf.
0: <laughs> I'll see you She on the was links. not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> see you on the lake, sir. Pick up yeah. the kids at four. Yep. Cody, anything to plug your way? Nope.
2: You can find me on Twitter. uh, That's at Cody underscore Hulsey. Uh, And then outside of that, I don't really have anything. I think
0: sounds like I'm correct. (laughs) Are you telling your inner computer chip that you're correct? Exactly.
2: I uh, I got to power down pretty soon.
0: (laughs) All right, go plug in, sir. I am at
2: back on the charger.
0: (laughs) I am at RD Meadows eleven find us at Free Basketball 3 this is a the lead production follow them at the lead sm glad to be a part of them still hope you enjoyed this episode and are enjoying the playoffs we will be back soon to maybe talk about the semifinals or the west east the conference finals and then uh, we might be talking about some draft action Whoa. so we'll see Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll be back in a week.